0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Debate, an original podcast by Damak Properties, where we are looking more into the real estate sector, but also the Damak Group as a whole. My name is Nimi Mehta and I'm going to be your host this season. Uh, In previous episodes, we had an overview of the Damak legacy as we spoke to its leadership on its 40th anniversary. And today, we branch out into tech, innovation, creativity, customer service, and so much more. Our guest today is none other than the Managing Director of Operations and Technology at Damak Properties, a man who wears multiple hats, takes on multiple roles. Please welcome to the podcast, Ali Sajwani. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm amazing. So, so happy to have you here, Ali. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'll tell you why, because I think it's so important for people to know where you are now in the present, but more than that, I think it's important for people to know how it all happened and where it came from originally. And your story is fascinating. You're quite, you're very young. (laughs) When I found out how old you were, I was shocked, but... You actually started in the business world in Damak at the age of 13, I believe. Uh, so if you could, please take me back to that. Where did it all start? What was your mindset like? And how ready were you to be part of, of a company like Damak?
1: So, you know, we, we really grew up with it. So, Since we we're kids, you know, uh, discussions at lunch, dinners was always around the business. Back when I was very young, um, it wasn't even property. Back then, we had a catering company. Then my father was very much involved in investments, particularly in 1999-2000. I remember in the the tech boom that happened in the U.S., the tech boom and bust. My dad used to go to the U.S. for three weeks at a time. And uh, me and my sister, we used to have like the staircase in our house. And we used to sit downstairs just waiting for him to come back, like on the days when he's coming back. Especially my sister, she used to get very emotional. She was very close to him growing up. And again, whenever he'd come back, you know, he'd get us some toys, but then he'd talk about the companies he's investing in and what's going on in in the US at the time. Uh, When I was around 15, 16, is really when uh, I started looking more at the property business with my dad. So we used to have, I remember, launches of our products every week in Medina Jumeirah. It was in the arena. And I used to give uh, the speeches for those launches. Um, but of course, it was more than just giving speeches, so I, had, I was expected to know the product, the prices, uh, the price per square foot, how we differentiate in pricing between different views on the building. Um, when I was even in the investment days, I remember I was given balance sheets of companies. And this, I was very young, I was maybe 12 or 13 back then. And I used to read those balance sheets, I used to understand return on equity, net margin, gross profit. So when I was in university and I went through those accounting and finance classes, You know, it brought back memories for me. It was a breeze because I knew all of those terms at a very young age.
0: I'm fascinated by the dynamic at home because you have your father, you have your siblings, you work so closely with your sister as well. Uh, How was that as the eldest son as well? Did you feel pressure from a young age?
1: Yeah, so there was always the pressure where, you know, you're the oldest, so you're kind of the test subject in a way. Uh, So I had it, of course, harder than my siblings. I remember till I was 18, I had a 10 p.m. curfew. So you could imagine my friends are, they would go out at 10 o'clock and I'm expected to be home at 10 o'clock. So that changed when I went to university. But uh, it instilled a sense of responsibility in me. So today my youngest brother, for example, Mehdi, he looks up to me as a father more than a brother. Mm. And we're very close uh, due to that. Um, Having said that, growing up, he would always tell me, listen, you might be the oldest, but that doesn't mean you can take things for granted. If you don't perform, you have three other siblings younger than you, then you can just live your life but don't expect me to treat you different because you're the oldest so it brings in that sense of um, the work ethic mm-hmm. where you know you have to keep performing or else uh just get brushed to the side.
0: Long debate as to whether millennials now have it easier with the the world that we live in, you know, social media, the way the world has developed, you know, they have access, they have higher resources than we had growing up. What do you believe? Do you believe that, you know, one day your son in the space that he'll be in and the roles that he'll be taking on would necessarily have it easier than you did?
1: I think it's not easier, but the way that people work is changing Mm. in a big way. If you look at the last six months so uh, chat gbt you know it caused this huge breakthrough and we looked at it as soon as it came on uh, we're trying to implement it in damak in a lot of our functions and before you know gbt4 has launched which is the next version mm-hmm. and i think the beta for gbt5 is in three months again so i don't think ai and technology is there to replace people's jobs i think what people need to understand is going to make them perform more efficiently
0: Mm, absolutely i think that's beautiful um so let's let's actually get into damak a bit more because i would love to i would love to know 40 years now specifically uh with you know pretty much shaping the dubai skyline Uh, but now since then of course since 40 years ago so many other companies have popped up so i would love to know from your point of view why damak is different and differentiates from from the others in the market
1: it's because we're the most innovative real estate company not just in the region but maybe globally Mm. if you look at the models we implemented in 2006 2007 the first company to bring in the hotel apartment concept where we sell you the apartment and then we manage it for you and give you the returns we were the first people to bring in branded residences Uh, we've always been innovative with the type of products we bring to market in 2020 when we saw that the luxury market is picking up 2021 after covid We launched Cavalli Tower. We were the first major launch in the last three years since then, since 2018 to 2021. We brought a beautiful product with these huge balconies, uh, with these large infinity pools. So you're getting a villa in the sky. And after that, everyone copied us. So we tend to be the trendsetter in the market. And then everyone sort of follows suit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really sets us apart when it comes to the type of products we bring to market.
0: Mm. And it takes, uh, being a pioneer in the industry it takes uh, a lot of risks. It takes not knowing if, if things are going to work or not. So where does that ethos and that mindset come from?
1: It uh, definitely comes from my father. So, you know, people think that, oh, he's chairman of a large group. He's 67 years old. He probably uh, is not involved as much in the business. He's very much involved. He's He takes interest in every, in the most, Uh, detail level like Mm. you wouldn't even imagine Mm. Um, when it comes to the buildings the apartment sizes what is the view from the living room okay when someone's sitting in his pool what is he going to be looking at Uh, what is the depth of the balcony so he's very much detail oriented and that's the key to his success till today every product he looks at every design he vets in detail and we learn from him and I think the management appreciates that Mm. uh, and they learn a lot from him Mm. so i think that's really the key to our success
0: Mm. i do feel as owners and leaders and uh, you know people who are running these big companies or small whatever the scale is there is this fear of letting go um i have this with my dad where he just has this fear No, no no i have to do it i'm like dad you've been doing it long (laughs) enough chill you hire people to do the work have you ever had this is this something that you struggle with at all
1: So I used to say that when I started in 2014, Mm. out of university, I used to tell my dad that exact same statement. Yeah. Today, I'm very much opposed to it. Mm -hmm. In the same way he was opposed to it 9, 10 years ago. You can delegate when you have a team who you can trust and who are willing to learn and operate in a similar fashion to you. Mm. So we have uh, one of our key employees in the business. His name is Muhammad Tahaina. Mm -hmm. He's been with us for almost 20 years. He's one of those people we can delegate to and we trust because he works in a similar fashion to us and as owners you know we're more than happy to be to delegate but when we have the right person in the right position mm.
0: how important is it to understand all aspects of the business you know i feel like people Maybe just stick to one department and just want to know that thorough in and out, which is amazing. But I think what you spoke about was it's multi departments working together to ensure the ethos of the company. And it's it's running like a machine, you know, like clockwork. So how important was it for you? I mean, you started young, but to to know all departments, you said that, you know, from a young age, you were looking at the balance sheets, you were doing this, you were giving presentations. For anyone listening right now, um, can you stress the importance of that?
1: The most important thing to succeed in any business is to know the details of your business and all the details of your business. So you need to go through, now if you're a founder or you have a startup, by nature, you're going to know the details of your business or else you won't be successful. If you come into a position of senior management, it's very important to go, don't just deal with your N-1s, go all the way to your N-3s. You need to know what the people on the ground are actually going through. Uh, What are their struggles? What are their pain points? In our CRM department, for example, uh, I took it over in 2021 and It's no secret. Our CRM was a big big problem Today, I'm happy that our CSAT scores have come up to four out of five Our NPS is positive after it was negative for quite some time, but it's continuous development and continuous work but the reason we're changing the entire software telesales software of the whole company is I called in one of the most junior employees, the actual guy who picks up the phone. And I called him to my office with, his, with the senior bosses and the managers all sitting there. And I told him, let's make a call to Damak, route it to him, I want to see what the process is. Mm. So when I saw him, he picks up the phone, he gets a pop-up from Salesforce, he gets another pop-up from Ameo, which was our call center platform. Mm. Then he doesn't know where to do the call disposition at the end. And they're not linked, so he has to go through two or three screens. And I was looking at him, I'm thinking, wow, how is this poor guy meant to function? Mm. And then the management comes up saying they're not performing, they're not closing the time, the calls in time, they're not updating the dispositions. But I can guarantee you the guy's manager could not do the job that he's expecting his uh, uh, employee to do. Mm. So we said, okay, how can we fix this issue? So we went and we checked six global uh, uh, platforms, mm. uh, Genesis, Cisco, Avaya, etc. We do a technical evaluation. It took us three months. We showed the product demos to our team, juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. We came to the final pick. And hopefully in six months, now the CRM, the CRE agent, when he receives a call, he's going to have one screen that shows him all details of his customers. When was his last call? Was he happy or sad on his last call? How did he rate us on his last call? Who did he deal with? Mm-hmm. Today, we track every single agent's performance based on the customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So, and it just keeps progressing. So it's about constantly um, learning mm-hmm. from your employees, learning with the business mm-hmm. and focusing on growing and making it more efficient.
0: Mm. And speaking on a global scale, I mean, the UAE uh, as a country, uh, just attracting more and more people as the, as the I mean, You saw how busy the last season was. The people here, the roads, Uh, people just want to be here. But more than that, people want to invest, right? Have you seen a a trend or a different kind of want and need from international investors, particularly when it comes to real estate?
1: So the market has shifted in the past two years. The focus is definitely on a more uh, luxury upper end of the market. Um, That's where we see huge demand. So you see villas now selling for 40, 50, 60 million dirhams. Um, you have apartments, four or five bedrooms selling at 35, 40 million dirhams. That's not to say the mid-segment is not there, it still exists. But the big growth has come in really the luxury end of the market. And of course, we've catered our products uh, to suit that need. Uh, Damak Bay, which we sold out on the day of the launch. Three towers in Dubai Harbor, 400 units in each uh, building high ceilings, marble, top-end finishes, we sold that out in two and a half hours, I believe. Mm. Um, Kavali Tower sold out. We have Kavali Couture on Dubai Canal. It's probably our most premium product today. It's stunning. Mm. I mean, there's no product like that in Dubai. And we see that there's really very high demand on the luxury products. Mm. So, of course, we're sort of Focusing mainly on that side of the market. Mm,
0: interesting, and and you know I mentioned in my introduction, you're a man who wears many hats uh, professionally, but I love to know on a personal level what does Ali do when he's not working, which is probably a very rare thing to catch <laughs> you. But when when you're relaxing, when you're just enjoying me time or with your family, what is it that you're up to?
1: I love going to the beach. Yeah. And you know you'd be surprised of how often I go. So. I start my day early. I wake up at 5 a.m. I am in the office from 8.30 to 5. But then I make sure I go to the beach every day because the beach is literally two minutes from the office in Medina Jumeirah. And I go there every day from 5 to 6.30. And I have my swim in the sea. And then from 6.30, I pray, I leave. And then I have a meeting at 7 or a dinner meeting or whatever it is, and I get home by 9. But for me, that one and a half hour where I go to the beach every day is very, very important. Because it just de stresses me, relaxes me, it gets you all the tension, uh, and you perform better. I mean, I picked up this habit of going to the beach every day uh, last year in September, and it's really made me much more relaxed, uh, much more energetic. I don't feel lethargic, I don't feel tired from work. You know, I used to drink like six coffees a day. Now I have one coffee a day and I'm fine. Uh, and I think it's very important. Uh, you know, people talk about work life balance, yeah. and I think that's, that's quite important to keep you happy. Because what do you work for at the end of the day? you work and you do all of this because you're looking for something that makes you happy in life. That's the key to everything. So if you're working and you're miserable, get a new job, change your profession, but don't live a miserable life.
0: Mm, I feel like we've come out of the generation of the hustle culture, uh, you know, where it's work 24 seven. If you know, you're sleeping, someone else is working. And I feel like we've shifted into a more wellness space, you know, especially since the pandemic, people are more focused on their mental health. That is something that you focus on uh, within Damak, within the culture, you know, making sure that your teams are happy. How important is that for you? Because at the end of the day, it also creates great results.
1: It's probably one of the most important things when it comes to employee satisfaction. Uh, Look, if you're happy and you're coming to work motivated every day, you're going to perform better, whether you like it or not. Whereas if you're coming in just to clock in and clock out and punch in the hours, you're probably working at 30, 40% of your productivity, which is not what we want. You know, they used to call us, and they still do. Damak is like a school in real estate. If you look at the top brokerages in town, the top uh, senior positions in our competitors, all of them have come from Damak. Until today, our team is the most in demand team in the market because we push them hard. Uh, we make them work long hours. But what you learn in Damak in one year, I can guarantee you no other real estate development company can teach you even in five years because there's a, such huge breadth to what you do. And that's what makes us special.
0: Mm. So let's talk about the future of Damak. What is your vision for Damak and where do we see it going in the next five to 10 years?
1: I mean, for us, Dubai will always be home. Uh, It'll always be our bread and butter. Today, we're in the top two when it comes to Dubai property developers. Uh, If you ask me, I think we should be number one for a good amount of time. That's my goal. You know, and I think we take this from Sheikh Mohammed. He always strives to be number one in everything. Largest, biggest, number one. And you know, it's true. You'll remember who won the championship you won't remember who came in second. And I think that's, that's something very important to me. Always strive to be the top at what you do and don't accept second place. Uh, when it comes to international markets, we have a project coming up in Miami. We are already in Toronto. Uh, we have a 50-story tower, which we handed over last year in London. Uh, Mandarin is coming up. We, I'd love to see us in global cities, whether it's New York, Hong Kong, Germany, um, uh, California. Uh, Los Angeles Mm -hmm. Uh, it's sort of like putting your flag in all these major cities Mm -hmm. which I think is something which I would love to see down the road Mm
0: -hmm. and I have no doubt it will happen um Ali to put you under pressure those are your professional goals for Damak but tell me now for the future what are your personal goals as Ali Sajwani
1: uh raise my son well Mm -hmm. you know have more kids inshallah Mm -hmm. uh that's probably what I enjoy most, playing with him. And when he comes in in the morning to say good morning to me, you know. So I think that's very important to be a good father. Probably most important after my... Actually, that's more important than my professional goals, mm. to be a good father. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful conversation. I hope thank you've enjoyed you. it. Uh, and thank you once again.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>